welcome to Bangor Community Church Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed today as you hear the Word of God. Well, come on, let's give Caleb a big BCC welcome this morning. Praise God. Praise God. Yeah, uh, so we just want to thank God and we want to bless Him and honor Him before we begin. So we'll just uh, bow our heads in prayer before I introduce myself um, and let's just uh, ask God to bless His Word. Father, we thank you, Lord, because you are a good God. You are gracious. You are kind, Father. You are the giver of life, Father. And we just thank you, Lord, that you are releasing your word of life in this place today, Lord. Lord, the rhema word that is going to awaken people's hearts, Father, that is going to bring refreshment, Lord. And Lord, we believe at the end of the service, Lord, that out of our belly, Lord, will flow rivers of living water, Lord. We will discover what that is, Lord, today through your word, Father. And we just thank you, Lord, Lord, that you've already begun a good work that you will finish, Lord. So we commit this word into your hands in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So um, so basically, I don't know if, if we've got the slides up, but we're going to go through um, some, of the, some of the things that, um, that I did on a trip to Scotland. So we're going to go on a Scottish trip of mine, okay? Now, um, the title of my message is Leave a Legacy God designed us to make a mark, okay? God's designed each and every one of us in this room from the smallest to the biggest to make a mark, okay? Nobody is supposed to leave this earth without making a mark for the kingdom, okay? And uh, the reason this came up is a few weeks ago, I went to a concert and, and there was a lovely song being sung. I have nothing against the song, but the song basically, one of the lines says that I don't want to leave a legacy. I don't care if they remember me, only Jesus. I agree, only Jesus, but the Bible actually says that if people forget us, that's a curse, it is a blessing to be remembered. It's a blessing to, to, to leave a legacy. So we're going to go through the word, and we're going to understand what that means. So we'll just go on to the next slide. And uh, leaving a legacy is a blessing, and being forgotten is a curse. So this is a wee video to start off the trip, okay? So we've got a wee video to play. So in case you're wondering, that is a statue of Lord Kelvin, and we were all we were all trying to get a cone off. So this, they have this custom in Glasgow, right, that every statue in Glasgow has a cone on its head for some strange reason. And then we went from here, and we were like, oh, Lord Kelvin, he's from Northern Ireland or something, so we're going to go take this cone off. So that's how we were leaving our mark. But anyway, but... Lord Kelvin left a mark, you know, and they have a statue of him. So I'm going to go through a few uh, iconic pictures and statues that we saw, and we're going to, we're going to understand uh, different things. So before we do that, we're actually going to just read the word. Um, so we're going to read four verses, and I would encourage you, they're on the screen. So if we go to the next slide, uh, the first two verses are on the screen. I would really encourage you to actually read out aloud with me. So I'm going to turn around, and we're going to read through these four verses. We're going to read them out loud, all right? So Psalm 34, verse 16. Let's read. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil, to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. Deuteronomy 32, 26. I said I would scatter them into corners. I would make the remembrance of them to cease from among men. We are not cursed, all right? So we'll go to the next one. We are blessed. Psalm 112, verses 5 and 6. 
A good man showeth favor and lendeth. He will guide his affairs with discretion. Surely he shall not be moved forever. The righteous shall be in everlasting remembrance. 2 Timothy 1 verse 5. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and in thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. All right? So these are the four scriptures that I kind of wanted to start off with. Now, through the rest of the message, there will be scriptures, all right? I will literally be backed by the word, okay? The word will be on the screen, but I may not necessarily read through it. Okay, um, and if it's not the word, and if it's my opinion, I'll tell you it's my opinion, but if it is the word and you have an issue with that, you can take it up with the Lord, all right? <laughs> We're just going to go through each point. So the first thing is, all right, so if we go to the next slide, we want to leave an inheritance of principle. Now, if you look at the screen there, that is the beach on which the movie uh, Chariots of Fire was filmed. Has anyone, has anyone heard of the movie Chariots of Fire? Do you know the legacy of the man, uh, Eric Little, who is in the movie, the star of the movie, based on whom the movie is? Do you know the legacy of Eric Little? No? No? Do you not know the legacy of Eric Little? All right, so this is one of the most amazing things. Eric Little was a man of principle, okay? Eric Little was running the Olympic race, and uh, he, had to, he, was a, he was a sprinter. He should run the 100-meter races. Now, sprinters, I don't run, but this is what they tell me, right? Sprinters, they can have quick bursts of speed, but they don't have endurance. So they can run really fast for like 100 meters, but they can't run a 400-meter race because they'll get tired at that speed. So one of the things that Eric Little was is he was a sprinter, and he was, he was in the Olympics, and the race for the sprint, the 100-meter sprint, uh, was on a Sunday. And Eric Little was a uh, son of missionaries and was raised to go to church on Sunday. And he was not going to mess with that principle. So Eric Little said, I am not running this Olympic race. He reached the finals, and it was almost sure, they were uh, almost 100% sure that Eric Little was going to win the race. But Eric Little decided, I'm not going to run a race on Sunday. He was a man of principle, right? Now, moving forward, he went up to his, his, his teammate and he said, you know, you run the race, um, but I can't. And then um, it turns out that obviously someone else won. The British team did not win at the time. And everyone was very sad. But then an opening came up in the 400-meter race on the Monday. Okay? <laughs> and they said, Eric, will you run the 400-meter race? Eric said, I've never run 400 meters before. So Eric Little was then... He prayed about it and he said, all right, I'm going to run the 400-meter race. So he got into the 400-meter race, and Eric Little, this man who'd probably never run the 400-meter race before, won the gold Olympic medal for that year across the world, the best runner, all right, running the 400-meter race on the Monday, but he was a man of principle who refused to run on a Sunday. Isn't that good? When we decide to leave a legacy, all right, when we decide to leave a legacy of principle, God will bless every principle we leave in our children's lives, all right, in, our, in the people around us. We want to leave a legacy of principle. So Abraham, so the whole study is kind of going to be going through the, the life of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, you know? Who's better to learn about legacies from than these three men, okay? So the first thing I'm going to be talking about is we see three principles that Abram left a legacy in, okay? Three principles. Uh, obviously, there are many more, but these are the three that God laid in my heart for today. Service, sacrifice, and sowing, okay? So we're going to talk about 
service, sacrifice, and sowing. And you see there's three, there's three verses on the screen, all right? Um, the first one talks about Abraham being obedient to the call of God, okay? To serve God, you have to be obedient, okay? Obedience is a very key principle for serving God, okay? And so whenever we look at this verse, Abraham was only able to serve God because he decided to be obedient, okay? He decided wherever the Lord leads him, he will go. In fact, it says, the Bible says they did not even know, he did not even know where he was going. When you serve God, oftentimes in our lives, church, we will not know where we are going, Okay, service of God involves looking at him and serving him. That's why when I come up, you know, I'm thinking I'm not serving any man. I'm not serving the leadership. I respect them, but I am serving God. So I don't know where this message is going to end up. All right. Honestly, I don't. But what I do know is I'm serving God and he's in charge. All right. So, so it takes obedience to serve God. The next principle uh, we see is in Hebrews eleven seventeen, and Abram was a man of sacrifice, okay? Now, can you imagine if God gives you a promise? I was born uh, five years after my parents were married. They prayed for five years, um, and mom says she finally got so fed up, she prayed Hannah's prayer, <laughs> and I was born in a year's time after that. So, <laughs> so um, that, that's just the secret, apparently, is Hannah's prayer, but... You see, sacrifice, a living sacrifice. So when I was born, and, 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 and mom and dad, they decided, right, and I was the only child, right? And so mom has always said that whenever I left, because when I left to come to Northern Ireland um, from India, they were a bit, uh, you know, they were a bit sad. But mom said, when I was leaving, she said, um, you know, God gave him to me, I'm giving him back to God, all right? So at the end of the day, okay, sacrifice is a very important principle in the life of a person who wants to leave a legacy, all right? So Abraham was ready to sacrifice his only son, his child of promise, because God told him to do it. And he was doing it in faith. Like I said to you, he didn't know where this was going to end up, okay? He didn't know where he was going with this because God had given him only one son and God had promised him that he would have generations. And then God said, right, I'm going to take that child away, okay? But Abraham was ready to sacrifice because he trusted God more than what he was seeing. So the second principle is sacrifice. The third principle is a principle of sowing, okay? Sowing and reaping. And I think this principle is very, very important. And this is actually going to lead us on to the next, the next point, which is a legacy of wealth. But I kind of want to give you a short, um, a short story. So this is actually... Uh, a wee bit of the offering word I gave two weeks ago in Kingdom Harvest. It's plagiarized from that, so if anyone's taking notes. But basically, um, when I began to work, when I, when I got my employment, and I was talking with, uh, I don't know if any of you know Tony from Kingdom Harvest, and I was talking to Tony, and we were praying, and, and God laid it in my heart. We were on the drive home. She was dropping me home from church, and God said to me, I don't want you to give 10% of what you have. I want you to give 10% of what you're believing me for. All right? So I said, that's strange. You know, I was, I was brought up giving tithes. My parents, there was one point in their lives where they were earning seven pounds a month. Okay? It's, it's shocking. They were earning seven pounds a month, but they still gave 70p tithe. All right? So I was raised with a legacy of giving tithes. That was level one. But God took me to the next level, and he said, no more giving what you have, 10%. You're going to give 10% of what you are believing me for. All right? 
And I said, right, okay, you know, uh, I mean, prices are going up. It's a bit tight, you know, but, but, but when we trust God and we learn to sow, remember this, there will always be a harvest, okay? There will always be a harvest. And so I began to, uh, you know, I, I've said this in Kingdom Harvest as well. I don't like to give figures, but when I began to sow, um, I was not definitely nowhere close to getting what I was sowing and believing for, all right? And I was, I was like miles away, okay, miles away. In a year of inflation, in a year where, you know, the market's down and people aren't making money, I was like light years away, and there's no way. And, you know, and they gave us a wee sheet, and they said, you know, this is how much you progress in your salary as you go on, right? Four days in, I get my first raise. Four days into work, all right? <laughs> Are you kidding you? This is absolutely stunning. I'm like, yes, but we have a long way to go, all right? Come about <laughs> six months in, I get another call and I get my second raise. And I'm like, right, we still have a long way to go. About a week ago, I got a call and said, we're giving you another raise. And I have hit exactly the amount that I was sowing. Exactly the amount in one year. Isn't that absolutely amazing? So God is taking his church to the next level. We were taught tithing, I believe, as 10% of what we have. God is saying, in my day and age, in my new church, in my church at the end times, we are going to sow what we are believing for. Leave a legacy of sowing and reaping. Leave a legacy of tithing. You know? And so that will bring us to our next point, which is an inheritance of wealth. Um, so, yeah, so this is, um, this is another wee place. So this is Trump Turnbury. This is a resort in Scotland, one of the most decadent resorts. When you're driving up, I don't know if any of you have seen it, but once you get off the ferry at Con Ryan, you know, and if you're driving into uh, Glasgow, you'll, you'll pass this resort. And um, it's absolutely stunning. But, you know, Trump is actually a very, very rich man. And he's so rich that his children's children don't have to work. That's how rich he is. You know, he's leaving a legacy of wealth for his children's children. Okay, now I don't know about, you know, politics, and I'm not going to get into all of that. But what I will tell you is what the Bible says. So if you go to the next slide, okay, the Bible says in Proverbs 13.22, the word says, A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. Can I get an amen? Amen? And so God is storing up the wealth of the unjust for us, but our job is to leave a legacy for our children's children. And, you know, again, if you look at the life of Abraham, Abraham gave every single thing he had to Isaac, all right? Now, I'm not, I, like Pastor Brian, we were having this conversation a few weeks ago. Do you know Abraham was probably the richest man in his time? He was one of the richest people in his time, and he left everything to Isaac. But you know what's amazing? Isaac was even richer than Abraham when he left his stuff to Jacob and Esau. All right? He was so rich, the Bible says, that the Philistines, okay, who were Abraham's friends because he was so rich, now got frightened and said, please go away. You have too much money and too much power, and we're scared you're going to crush us. That's how rich Isaac was, all right? So leaving a legacy of wealth is very important. And the way to do that is by learning the principle of sowing and reaping, all right? If we begin to sow and reap, we can leave a legacy of wealth. Now, am I going too fast? No? All right, that's good. So one of the things, um, you know, that I was always taught is 
living a life of blessing, okay? The grace of God. So the difference between, uh, you know, living, walking in grace and, you know, sometimes walking out of it is grace keeps you in a blessing of health and wealth, not a bless, not a miracle, you know? Every time, there, there are days when, you know, <laughs> the way Jesse Duplantis actually said it is, do many of you have a lot of month left at the end of your money, you know? Sometimes we have to pray and push for a miracle to get to the next month. That's not a kingdom principle. A kingdom principle is a principle of wealth and abundance, okay? Do you want a car or do you want a car factory? All right? That's a kingdom principle. So God believes, the Bible doesn't say you'll go from miracle to miracle. Because if you're going from miracle to miracle, it means you're going from pit to pit. But if you're going from glory to glory, you're going from abundance to abundance and blessing to blessing. Can I get an amen for that? Amen? So God doesn't want us to go from pit to pit. He wants us to go from glory to glory, from blessing to more blessing. So Abram did that. You know, um, I remember in university, um, I, so I, another, another interesting point for you, there's a time when my parents earned about seven pounds, like I said, a month. Um, and um, they were able to today pay my entire fees and entire living expense. I didn't have to pay a penny. I am debt free coming out of university. That's virtually unheard of, all right? Now, 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 now. The catch is that the fees for an international student like me is four times that of anyone who would pay, anyone who's paying in Northern Ireland. So four times what you pay in Northern Ireland, that's how much my parents were able to pay and pay for my living and get me out debt-free. They have lived a principle of tithing, and that's really been seen in their life. So, so that's the, the beauty of it. And one day, you know, I was walking with my friends, and I've never had luck. I've never had to. And my friends always said, you always live such a, you know, a nice life. I, you know, let's be honest, who doesn't like nice things, all right? <laughs> we like nice things. That's not our focus, but who doesn't like that? And my friends once said to me, said, yeah, how, how do you live such a nice life? How do you live such a good life? And I could have very easily said, oh, you know, my parents provide everything, but that was not what I said. It's like Pastor Karen said, my source was God. So I told him, um, you know, in Isaiah, it says, the Lord holds the cattle on a thousand, uh, owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And I turned to him and I said, you know, there's like a thousand hills in the world and every single one has cattle on it. And my dad owns all of that. <laughs> so I will never, ever live in lack. That is not going to happen because my God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And that is where we want to be. We want to be in a place of abundance, okay? So um, like we already spoke about, you know, the gospel brings, uh, you know, the gospel has this tendency to bring wealth wherever it goes, Okay. The United Kingdom is one of the wealthiest nations in the world, okay, right? The U.S. is one of the wealthiest nations in the world. There was a time when the Middle East was one of the wealthiest, but wherever the gospel has gone historically, it has always brought prosperity. Prosperity follows the gospel. In fact, everyone was wondering, you know, why is America so rich? I mean, they are just, you know, China is, is probably the second richest economy, but they are light years behind America. America has just skyrocketed. And someone was doing it, and they said, you know, the difference between um, China and America is faith. 
it's actually scientifically, it's a study. Scientists can only agree, right, that the only reason America is ahead of China is faith, okay? People of faith. So the power of the gospel carries behind itself, right, prosperity. So when we leave, we want to be so soaked in the gospel that we leave a legacy of wealth for people coming behind us. Does that make sense? Yeah? Praise God. So we'll just go on to the next one, which is... So I'll tell you the story behind this. I'm just going to get a drink. So this brings me to a legacy of health. One of the things that happened when I was on my Scottish trip was that they suddenly announced that we all had to wear masks. If you look at my eyes, I am really annoyed there because I had to wear this mask. But if you look at my neck, I have headphones on. I thought it was absolutely fun. It was that during my Scottish trip, I don't know if you know of Andrew Womack. Andrew Womack has these massive Healing Is Here conferences, and that was playing on loop in my ears through it all. And I was like, I'm not believing these masks and all of this. My healing and health comes from God, right? We went through that entire trip. We went to, I mean, we were in Glasgow. We were in Sterling. Sterling we were in St. Andrews. We were, I mean, you name it, we went there. You know, we were all over the place. We were in Dundee and God just protected us, and we just believed in health. And some of my friends were wondering, those two of my other friends were with me, and they were just thinking, you know, should we be a bit more cautious? It's like, yeah, you can be cautious, or you can believe that we believe in a God who keeps us healthy, all right? So I'm going to be exploring this idea, leaving an inheritance of wealth. So um, if you look up on the screen, right, uh, there's two... There's two, the first two verses are kind of linked. They're talking about Abraham and Isaac. Do you know, Abraham lived 175, Isaac lived 180. He beat Abraham by five years. Isn't that stunning? Abraham left a legacy of health, okay? This is something that we want to leave for our children and our children's children. The Bible says in 3 John, uh, uh, well, there's only one chapter in verse 2. It says, Beloved, I pray that you prosper in all things and be in health even as your soul prospers. Another wee nugget here is, you know something? That health and wealth and healing and prosperity don't come from outside. They come from the inside. The more your soul prospers, the more it will leak. All right? You are, you know when it says that the Lord is my shepherd and it talks about my cup overflows, that's exactly what it is. God will fill our souls up till it begins to leak into the environment around us. That's something that we want to encourage in our children. Fill up on the word of God. Fill up on faith. Fill up on hope. Fill up on joy. The more you fill and the more your soul prospers the more you're going to see that leak out into your situations around you. Am I making sense, yeah? Am I making sense? Good. Praise God. So, uh, you know, a few weeks ago, uh, we had like, it was during, actually, it was during the encounter weekend, and um, (laughs) we had like a, we had like a training day, and then at the end of the training day, the whole company was supposed to, and I was actually going to be in the encounter weekend, but I couldn't make it because I had to be in work and uh, go to this, they had a dinner to finish off the training, and uh, the whole, I think it was like 300 people at it, <laughs> and, uh, and when we were at the dinner, and I was like, you know something, I just, the Holy Spirit just said to me, there's going to be a lot of people here who are going to get COVID, a lot of people, and I said, right, 
And, <laughs> and I said, but, uh, but you know, me and you have this agreement where I'm not going to be sick. You know, I'm just, I'm just reminding you. <laughs> you know, I have this agreement. And I do this a lot with guys. Like, Lord, I'm just, I'm just reminding you that, you know, you and me have this agreement. And so, so I went in, right? And I met, and there's a friend of mine who's also another Christian at work. I've kind of come across a few Christians in work, and, you know, you all, you cluster. It just happens naturally. We never looked for each other. And um, he came up to me and he said, hello, Keela, blah, blah, blah. And we spoke, and then we met another guy. And then we were all chatting, and there was a group of us, and... Uh, the next Monday, I get a text from saying, Kilb, I've just text, tested positive for COVID. Uh, do you like, would you like to get a test? And I was like, thank you for telling me. I'll pray about it. And then I prayed about it, and God said, no, you're fine. And so I was like, no. So that was it. And then went into work. There's another lad who was with us on Tuesday, right? So I can go in when I want. And I decided, let me go in on Tuesday. And this lad was again sitting next to me on Tuesday, right? And he was fine as well. And we had lunch together and we were talking and all of this. And Thursday, I get a second text saying, I've also tested positive for COVID. Would you like to get a test? <laughs> this was, and then, I, and then I started getting pings from work and emails from people saying, oh, we met you. We've got COVID. What should we do? And, uh, <laughs> but I said, no, my soul will prosper and remain in good health. That flow from my soul is going to, and I did not have, and, and I came back, and I remember this, right? On Thursday night, as soon as I heard this, my heart went, um, and then I said, no, no heart. We're going to go, and like, I've just gotten to, like, recently just got into, you know, working out a wee bit. <laughs> Pastor Karen and I talk about this. How many days are you doing at this gym? <laughs> I said, well, I just got into it. And then it was, it was the day I had to go, right? And um, I was feeling, I started feeling a wee bit of a sore throat. And I said, no, I'm going. I am going to be fine. And see, whenever the devil comes, he, the, we were talking about this with my uncle and aunt yesterday. He plants a little seed of doubt, all right? And then he goes from there. He just planted a tiny seed and had a wee bit of a sore throat. And I just, I was like, right, let's drink some warm water and let's, let's run. So I went down and I did my workout. And as I finished my workout, I started feeling really tired and really weak. I started getting a headache. And I was like, I am going to run back, right? And I had this coat and it was raining and it was windy. And I was like, you know, and I started feeling a, a bit chilly as well. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to take my jacket off and I'm going to run. <laughs> so I took my jacket off and I ran. And by the time I reached home, okay, by the time I reached home, I had resisted the devil so much that all my symptoms had completely gone. And then the Holy Spirit said to me, call your friend and pray for him over the phone. So I called my friend and I prayed for him over the phone. And like three days later, he said he was feeling much better. And, you know, his wife had recovered and everything was great. And then, but as soon as I finished my call with him on the phone, I started getting a headache again. And I was like, listen, I'm telling you this for the last time, devil. If you do this, I'm going to run around the street in, in like, you know, swimming shots. <laughs> you better leave because I am not going to fall sick. <laughs> All right. And so the next day in the morning, I got up and I went for a swim and I was great. Didn't, you know, didn't get anything, no symptoms, nothing. But sometimes we need to really activate our faith in the area of healing because your soul is prospering. Inside you is health. You need to learn to release it. Dig deep in the well and teach your kids how to do that. You know, I remember listening to a story of uh, Jeremy Parsons, who is uh, Kenneth Copeland's grandson. And he was saying, you know, in his house, uh, there was this one time when his parents kind of, they had like an experiment and they had a, a, a plant, you know, and they had two plants. And one plant 
they spoke words of faith, though, right? And the other plant, they spoke, they just put it in the, in the back. They didn't really, you know, they, they didn't really speak. But they watered both the plants. They gave them enough sunlight, and they didn't really speak anything. And uh, Jeremy Parsons says, you know, they finished all of this, and it was a science experiment. And then he brings both the plants to his mom, and he says, but they both look the same. It's not working. And she looked at him, and she says, it's working. And he goes, no, but it's, it, look, it's not working. And she looks into his eyes, and he says, Jeremy, it's working. You know, and Jeremy then, he says, the light bulb went off. She wasn't looking at the situation. She was looking through faith. All right, so Jeremy said, all right, this is what we'll do. And he says that he took the plants, and uh, at the end of two weeks, the plant that didn't have any good words in it had started to wilt. And the plant that had good words spoken on it has started to grow and blossom. And they, he won the fair in school. He won the science fair. And then he says, they just brought the plants home. And, you know, the plant was put somewhere in the dark, you know, just left, forgotten. And about six months later, he rediscovered the plant under his bed. All right? The one that had all those no words spoken over it was dead. The one that had words spoken over it was still blossoming and blooming. Six months, no water, no sun. All right? Praise God. So teach your kids how to speak life and health and healing. Teach them that. That's very important. That's one of the things that my parents taught me. You know, I've had, maybe two years ago, I had about seven back surgeries, and the doctor said, we can't do anything. And I said, well, that's okay, because my God can. You know, and I absolutely refused, refused to accept it. And the Lord healed me, and I'm telling you, I got a letter from the NHS a year later saying, we still have an appointment for you. So I have to write back to them and say, Jesus, heal me. So that's, that's all. That's, because they asked me, you know, there's a list of what did you do? You know, are you still coming? And if you're not coming, how did the symptoms disappear? Did you have surgery, private surgery? And it's a box that says other. So I'm just going to be uh, putting in the word in there, <laughs> whoever reads it. <laughs> you know, uh, but yeah, but teach your kids about health, all right? Play healing scriptures at home. I used to play healing scriptures eight hours on loop, all right, when I slept. You know, let the word get in and bring what's inside out, all right? Praise God. So now we're going to go into an inheritance of relationship. This is my second last point. Um, so basically, uh, you know, one of the things, though, now in the life of Abram and, and Sarah and Isaac and Rebecca, is that they didn't really have the best marriages, all right? In my notes here, it says, don't give marriage or relationship advice, so I'm not going to do that, all right? <laughs> because I am as single as they come. But, but you know what? Uh, some of the best marriage advice was written by Paul, you know, and he was single. And I was like, and I, when I was writing this down, and I was like, Lord, should I just drop this point entirely? And the Lord said to me, Paul was single, Jesus is still waiting for his bride, and they gave some of the most amazing marriage advice, so what's the problem? And so I was like, right, okay, I won't do the marriage advice part, but I'll point out what you can see in the Word, all right? You see, in, this, in these two passages, all right, you can go and read them, they're quite big. Abram lied about who his wife was to a king so that he could save his life, all right? What a coward, right? To save his life, he did that. But then, okay... Isaac did exactly the same thing to the same king. <laughs> you know, well, some scholars believe it was a different king with the same name, but same place, same time, same everything. Isaac did exactly what his dad did. All right? 
So what you do in your marriages and in your relationships is what your children are going to carry into their relationships and their marriages. And it does not matter what happened before you. You can be the stopping point. You can change history. You can change the future. And you can put destiny into your children's lives by the way you live in your marriage. You know, um, it, you know successful marriages imply that children would always... There's a scientific study that in our day and age, you know, Young people don't want to be married. It's going down very, very quick. But when you see a successful marriage, all right, kids want to be married. That's just, that's just it. Yeah, so, so successful marriages are so important. And the way to do that is through the word. Why? Because you prosper in how many things? All things, right? You're supposed to prosper in how many things? I can't hear that. You're supposed to prosper in how many things? All things, right. So marriages should also have prosperity, all right? So this is something we can also learn from them. If you see that, they carried what they saw in, in their parents' marriage down to the next generation. And you know what? That whole line had issues. Like, they had some serious issues. And you know where it ended? In David and Solomon. Jared went right down till that. That line, that entire line had issues with marriages. Jacob had issues with his marriage. I mean, you just name it, they had it. You know, Reuben had issues with his marriage and, you know, slept with whoever and all this madness. And, but, and Noah, in fact, had issues as well. <laughs> do you know? So what you do in your marriage will carry on to your children's children, right? And I just have a wee video from Jesse Duplantis. Do you want to play that? Don't ever forget one time this preacher said, but to come in. I need to talk to you. Hey, you know, I'm very self counsel because I'm not looking for counselors, I'm looking for comforters. Y'all missed that, but that's all right. He said, but he says, come talk to me. I need to talk to you. I said, what? So he takes me by the he pulls me over. He said, come in. I said, what? He said, come in. I said, what? What? He said, come, come in. Come over here. Look, but just say. Now, I want you to listen, I gotta tell you something. He sticks me behind it, behind the, the. He sticks me behind. I said, what's your problem? He says, I got a problem. I got a problem. I got a problem. I said, it looks like it, man. What's the problem here? He said, I got lust in my heart. Lust, lust, lust. I got lust in my heart. You know, I said, I got a problem with women. I got a problem. He said, what should I do? I said, tell your wife. She'll stop it. <laughs> Just tell your wife. That's all you got to do. Your wife is your best friend. All you got to do is tell your wife, and your wife will say, come here. Come here. <laughs> he said, oh, I can't do that. I said, I can't. I said, hey, and I named her. He went, no, but no, no, wait, wait, wait. I said, come here. Come here. She said, what? I said, come here. Come, come here. I'm here. I'm here. I want you to listen to this. I told you it's a loose night. I said, your husband is looking at other women. He's got lust in his heart. What are you going to do about it? She said, no problem. <laughs> Take care of that. Now, why did you tell her? Because I was saving his family. I was saving his children, and I was saving his life. Glory to God. God's not enough. He's too much. Come on. You don't have a problem with sin. Sin ought to have a problem with you.
Amen. So that was just a, a little bit of comedy in there, you know, but, but yeah, like he says, he's a good person to get marriage advice from. Um, but the next thing is we want to talk about is an inheritance of salvation. Now, on the screen, the picture that you see is actually, oh, um, is actually the picture of David Livingston, and this is also in Glasgow. Do you know who David Livingston is? <laughs> <laughs> right, you got a, you got a lovely statue there. I have to say, it's just brilliant. <laughs> uh, but uh, David Livingston took the gospel to China and India, and he was blessed for it. He lost everything in the process. You know, he lost his family. But I just wanted to show you: leave a legacy of salvation. You know, we heard this amazing testimony about evangelism, and the, you know, this, this amazing word about evangelism on Tuesday. You want to leave a legacy of salvation, right? Even the secular world recognizes David Livingston. That's what the power of the gospel can do. You want to be remembered. Every single American you go to and ask them, who is Billy Graham, they will tell you. They may not be able to tell you who the third president of the U.S. was, but they will tell you who Billy Graham was. Leave a legacy of salvation, and the best place you can start is your own home with your own kids, right? Amen? So if we go on to the next slide, you know, um, something we see in the life of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is they left such a legacy of salvation that when God refers to himself, he actually says, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's the sort of legacy that you and I want to leave for our children's children. We want to leave a legacy of salvation, you know, and this legacy of salvation, it's drawn out in John chapter 4, where, you know, Abra Jacob, Jesus meets this woman, Jacob's well, and she says, well, how will you get water from this well? Jesus, come to me, I will give you water, and you will never thirst again, you know? And that's amazing that the legacy of salvation in that well was carried to Jesus' time, you know? And it's so amazing. She's come into this well to draw water, and Jesus uses that same thing, and he says, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. All right, so that is the legacy you want to leave for your children's children. You know, the story of... Uh, of John Newton is that uh, his mom, do you know John Newton? Have you heard of John Newton? Do you know Amazing Grace? We've all sung that at some point if you were raised in church, right? Um, John Newton was the most, one of the most horrible slave traders that ever lived, all right? I mean, he, his ships were absolutely, they would pack human beings like sardines on board, right? And about 50 or 60% of the slaves they were bringing over from Africa never made it over, 60% roughly, all right? He was awful slave trader, right? Captain of a slave ship. But John Newton had a mom who passed away when he was six, and she prayed over her son every single night. Do you know what happened 33 years later? God himself met John Newton, and he wrote Amazing Grace. And the beauty of Amazing Grace is, do you know the song we sing? You know that? You know where he heard that? From the belly of a slave ship. Those were the slaves singing that song. And he put some of the most powerful words ever penned to bring the gospel salvation message to the song of slaves dying in the belly of a ship. Isn't that so amazing? 33 years after she died, his mom still had an influence. Pray over your children. You know, some parents try to make their children saved. It doesn't work that way. Conviction only comes through the Holy Spirit. All right? You can teach your kids, you can pray over them, and God will do it. He promises that. 
in Acts 16.31. He says, you believe you and your household shall be saved. There is a promise of household salvation. Claim that promise over your kids. You know, um, it, it's so important to, to pass on the mantle. If we just go on to the next slide, you know, you are an heir, you know. You yourself are an heir. You are Abram's heir. So all these things we saw about Abram, you know, you can get that and more, all right? God wants you to have all those things. You know, you are Abram's seeds, heirs according to the promise, but all of that is tied to salvation. So leave a legacy of salvation. So I actually asked for the kids to be brought back in at this point. Yeah, I'm just going to go through a summary while they come back in. But I think we're going to pray over our kids, and we're going to declare a legacy over them as ministry time. Can we do that? Is there someone who can do like a wee bit of sound music, a wee bit of, I don't know, worship team, or someone play the piano and sing? That would be great, whatever's easier. Um, but if we go on to the next slide, right? So see up there, there's a man standing on a pillar. Um, that is John Knox, the founder of the Presbyterian Church of Scotland. He's got one of the highest pillars overlooking Glasgow. You can pretty much see it from anywhere on a, on a good day, you know. And like I said to you, leaving a legacy of salvation, even the secular world will remember you. You know, so in summary, you know, we've gone through a few points, but you, you want to remember that being remembered is a blessing, you know. It's not a curse, Leaving a legacy of principle, service, sacrifice, and sowing. Leave a legacy of wealth. Leave a legacy of health. Leave a legacy of relationships. Leave a legacy of salvation because you are an heir of salvation. All right? Now it's time to pass on the mantle. So as the kids come back, you know, we're just going to worship. And, and, you know, I just think, you know, There'll be, different, there'll be different people in this room. There'll be some who have kids. What I would say is if you have kids, get a picture of them up on your phone if they're not with you, right? Bring it up on your phone if you can. We're going to lay hands on them. Uh, those who have kids here physically, lay hands on them. Those who don't have kids here, you know, young couples, whoever you may be, you know, God is taken out the orphan spirit from my generation. The church for too long has had an orphan spirit, and God is going to completely wipe it out in our generation. God is going to remove that, and he's going to give an identity of sonship to every single person who enters every church. Your job, if, you're, if you don't have kids, is to find those people and impart a legacy of salvation to them, all right? So we're going to pray for that. I'm going to ask you all to stand. If you have your kids, you know, lay your hands on them. You know, something amazing is even your pastors, you know, you can have a legacy left by your pastors. I think that's great because my pastor, Brian, has a plane with one engine. I'm going to have one with four, you know. So, <laughs> so you can get a legacy from your pastors as well. So parents, get your kids, you know. Um, and even if you don't have kids, please stand, raise your hands. If you have kids, you know, if you don't have them with you, get, get your photos up, you know, pray for them, lay hands on them. We're just going to worship God. Pray in tongues, pray in the Spirit. Declare over them a mantle of health, of wealth, of relationships, of principle, of salvation. Worthy of every song we could ever sing. Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring. Worthy of every breath we could ever bring. We live for you. 
Jesus, a name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever save. Worthy of every breath we could ever bring, we live for you. Thank you, Lord, for your wealth, Lord. Thank you Jesus Lord we just give you all the glory and the honor Lord we thank you Lord that right now in this room Lord you are imparting a legacy father Lord that you are raising up legacy builders Lord that you are raising up people of principle people of wealth people of health people of relationships good relationships Lord and people of salvation Lord who will leave a legacy of salvation to their children's children to a thousand generations father we just declared over this church father we declare a a legacy of salvation over this church father every single child in this church saved and will leave a legacy for their children Lord Lord we believe that Lord we are leaving a legacy Lord we are building a legacy we refuse to leave this earth without leaving a legacy for our children's children father Lord and we believe Lord we declare and we prophesy over the kids of this family of this house Lord Lord we prophesy over them Lord for health Lord health 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 in the name of Jesus they will not be sick sickness will go in the name of Jesus no historical sicknesses no sicknesses in the genetics all the genes that have sicknesses will be wiped in the name of Jesus reprogrammed today in the name of Jesus a legacy of wealth generation poverty curses are broken in the name of Jesus from today onwards there will be prosperity in their lives father wrong relationships things that they've seen in their parents in their grandparents that aren't working will start working again Lord Jesus Lord that there will be prosperity in relationships father we just thank you Lord right now Lord impart this legacy Lord Lord and we thank you Lord for the salvation of your children Lord Lord that these kids that you've given Lord Lord the children are inheritance from the Lord the fruit of the womb is his reward father Lord not just that Lord spiritual children Lord Lord kids in the church who don't have fathers and mothers Lord you are sending out couples Lord to take them in to adopt them to show them the love of Jesus to bring them into a relationship with Jesus Lord we just thank you that this is a family church Lord Lord, we worship you, Lord, and we give you all the glory and the honor, Lord. We worship you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for joining us. We look to God that he will direct your steps and blessings through this week. For more information, visit us at bangercommunitychurch.co.uk or find us on Facebook.